Hey, tell a man pass it, pull up and cross it. I'll bury that sh top corner. I'm a winger on the left, cut right. You can play me on the middle, I'm still top scorer. New studs on my boots, I'm blessed. No shin pads, I'll live in the edge. Got my ballet on the pitch, but the referee's finna pop that chest. Hey, hit a thing with the outside foot, like Roberto Ball in the air. Yes, yes, people. We're back for another episode of the Footballist Podcast. Glad you guys enjoyed the first one. Uh, really grateful for the positive feedback I got back on that first episode. And um, yeah, we're back for another one. Got a better mic this time because last time I was recording off the headphones. So hopefully, God willing, this one sounds better than last time. But yeah, let's take it away. Right. So today with me, I got an avid Arsenal fan, avid Guna. Goes to games, you know. He has his own Arsenal page, um, does his website, got his people to write for him, does a bit of pieces himself, as well as having his own podcast. Uh, fun fact about this guy, David Luiz follows him. So he's one of the elite batch who can comment on his stuff because, you know, David Luiz has got his stuff all limited and shit. So this guy is one of the elite batch. So, Without further ado, I'm going to introduce you guys to Alfie. What are you saying, Jay? How are you doing? I'm good, bro. I'm good, bro. Tell the people about you, what you do, your page. I'll leave links to everything down in the description below. But uh, yeah, take it away, bro. Yeah, as you said, I run a, a Arsenal Instagram page. Uh, about 36k followers. Um, and yeah, I produce articles on this website every day, me and the team of writers. And yeah, it's pretty good. Also, Arsenal Cannon Podcast, we interviewed Charlie Gilmore the other day, um, which was pretty good. And yeah, also got a YouTube channel. TV. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit dead at the moment, I can't lie. No vibes, bro. No, I haven't uploaded in like four months. And we need to see that come back. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Need to see you dissecting all the... Doesn't be much YouTube beef though, to be fair, for you to dissect. Yeah, no DTV Goldbridge. But um, yeah, man, that's that, that's all been a bit quiet. Everyone's actually on good terms for once. Yeah, it's on a surprising. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bro. Well, um, that's Alfie. Be sure to check out his stuff. Leave it in the link description, as I said. And yeah, so you know, as you're an Arsenal fan, I'm an Arsenal fan. It's only right that today's topic so kind of theme is around Arsenal I think we're best doing that so thought about this we discussed this previously or prior to the podcast shall I say and in today's podcast we will be going through the top three Arsenal players during the Emirates era for anyone who hasn't really been keeping up with football or Arsenal whatever the Emirates era is essentially from 2006 onwards um so yeah the best players to play from them you know there's been we've had our fair share of ballers some have left quite early some have peaked here some haven't really fulfilled their potential but we're only gonna we're only here for the for the top three best players so uh like the last one um i need you to tell me your third then your second and then your first in the process explain each of your decisions then I'll tell the people my top three as well. So, Alfie, your top three, top three Arsenal players during the Emirates era. Uh, third, slightly controversially, I went Kashelny. Uh, mm-hmm. Second, I went Santi Cazorla. Um, again, yeah, very good. Mm-hmm. And top, I went Alexis Sanchez. Okay. Well, explain your decisions, bro. Well, first, obviously, Koscielny. A lot of people tend to forget just how good he was, you know. I know if you could, you could talk about good individual seasons like Van Persie, Ramsey, um, like even Walcott, they were good individual seasons. But in terms of longevity, uh, um people forget that for, you know, at least like five or six seasons, he was like one of the best centre-backs in the league. 100%. You know, yeah, it was like basically him and company. And obviously, like, his recovery pace, I know it went down a, a bit in the last few years, but and that and his relationship, you know, with Mertesack, like, his positioning, his ability on the ball. Bro, is that Achilles injury that just killed him? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But even in the last season when he came back from that injury, he wasn't that good. He wasn't terrible. 
You yeah. know, he had that amazing game at home to Chelsea uh, stuff. I know he left in like controversial terms um, with the Bordeaux shirt and that, all that, but overall pretty underrated. Like there was that clip of Rashford saying he's the hardest uh, player that he's played against. He's Williams, bro. Yeah, exactly. So. Okay, okay. Cool. You know, can't really begrudge that. He might make an appearance in my top three, but we'll come on to mine when we get there. Um, so yeah, no, Koscielny was a solid servant. Been there for, what's it, eight years? Probably longer. No, nine years, nine seasons. Um, obviously, got after a rocky start. You know, obviously, with the whole... He was a bit iffy at first, really. It was between him, Van Marlin. Um, Jury was making a fair amount of appearances back then. So, he had to work to get to the top at Arsenal. And obviously, the infamous cup final against Birmingham. Some would say... Actually, most could say that he was at full. Between him and Chesney, take your pick. But um, that obviously cost us the trophy. 11-12, again, he was a bit iffy, but 12-13 onwards, really asserted himself as one of the best in the league. So, I can't really can't really disagree with that one now. So, yeah, who is your second best Arsenal player during the MS era? Uh, well, I had... It was, it was Santi Cazorla. Again, a player I'd say underrated by a lot of other players, you know, a lot of other teams and fans. It wasn't just like, you know, you're looking at him now at Valencia, sorry, Villarreal, um, doing bits, uh, still at 35 after his pretty bad injury. Um, it was just like his close control. It sort of defied what you'd expect from any footballer. You'd expect them to be, you know, quick, tall, uh, like physically powerful but you know he was small he wasn't particularly quick but it was just his pure technical ability you know be able to get away from defenders in, in tight spaces and you know creating chances good long range shooter um, scored decent amount of goals along the years as well so yeah Kazola for me Defo Defo elite player obviously unfortunate mm. that injuries kind of took the toll him in towards his latter stages at Arsenal but when he was playing week in, week out, the guy was a top-tier baller. As you said, underrated because obviously he got his plaudits mm. from us. We didn't really criticise him because he was just balling every week. But maybe from pundits around around the world could have gave him a bit more credit for when he was like doing bits. But um, yeah, no, I can't even agree with that. I disagree with that one. So, so number one, you have Alexis Sanchez. I mean... Slightly yeah. self-explanatory, but for the point purpose of the podcast, explain yourself again. Yeah, yeah. Alexis Sanchez, I think, obviously, is his perception in England sort of been tarnished by how bad he was at United. But if you look at his time at, at Arsenal, particularly that 16-17 season and the first season, 14-15, mm. I mean, 30 goals from out wide in a single season is... Exception, like that's like what that's like better than Salah and Mane last season. You know, look how they good. Like, look how much credit they got. So, yeah. yeah, Sanchez, again, not just his goal scoring ability, his work rate was exceptional. You know, really good at pressing, uh, creative as well. Created loads of chances, scored goals. Um, just a great player to watch. Obviously, again, because he went to United, kind of like a Sheldon. There's a bit of ill feeling from Arsenal fans, but. If you look at it objectively, his his ability is like he's the best player at the Emirates yeah. for me. But yeah. Okay, okay. So that's a top three of Laurent Koscielny, number number three, mm. Santi Cazorla, number two, and Alexis Sanchez in number one. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't really disagree with those. To be honest, obviously mine's different, but you made fair points, fair selection. Can't really disagree with that one, bro. So, my top three, my top three, um, number three is Santi Cazorla. In number two, Cesc Fabregas. And number yeah. one, Alexis Sanchez. Now, obviously, after this, I have to give some notable shout-outs because it's only right. I'll feel... I feel like I'm doing them a bit wrong by at least not giving them the shout out, but this is my top three. Mm. So, number three, I have Santi Gazzola. 
obviously you've kind of just said all you need to say about him but I'll put the little icing mm. and the cherry on top of the cake um, elite baller elite in his first season double digits in goals and assists if I remember right he carried us in that season because yeah. it's like obviously we lost a load of big names like Nazri uh, Van Persie um, just many players that we relied on and um, we made yeah, so- many last minute deals or maybe a bit iffy deals like Lucas Podolski, Olivier Giroud, Gazzola. They were like, not we weren't like saying they're rubbish or anything, but they had a lot of they had big boots to fill, and we didn't know too much about them. So it's intriguing to see how they do. And um, he he took it away that season, very important. And obviously next season made a couple less appearances. That's when the injuries started to kick in because I remember his first season, like the guy was injury free. Like, I don't yeah. even remember him getting injured once. And then 13, 14 is when they slowly started to kick in. And then, um, well, I always remember his World not World Cup. Uh, that's a bit of a stretch, sorry. Um, huh. His FA Cup final goal. The the key oh, goal yeah. that kind of instigated the comeback for us to win our first trophy yeah, in nine years. Kid. Exactly. And mate, like, it wasn't even just like an average tap-in or something simple. Mm. One of, That is Under one of the best. as well. Bro, you could because I, I don't know if you noticed it, yeah, but because obviously I wasn't there, but you could hear it on the TV for that one yeah. specific free kick. It sounded like there was whistling. There was so much pressure on him, um, and then you could see him all sweating. They had all the cameras up in his face and everything, and then yeah, banged it right Completely in the agree. top wins. Like yeah. that is one of the greatest ever FA Cup final goals. FA Cup goals in general. Then um yeah, obviously he's had many notable notable, uh, notable masterclasses, but the best up there has to be the Manchester City away one, two 0 win. The guy 100%. was incredible that game. Um, obviously him and Coughlin in that season struck up a very formidable partnership. But obviously he got injured, so didn't really last that long. But um yeah, I feel like as you said. Santi Gozola is like being a very underrated player. Um, mm. Like during his time here, I feel like if he wasn't injured, he probably would be appreciated a bit more. But the guy was elite. Both footed as well. Agree. Forgot to add. Guy yeah, was taking yeah. corners with both of his feet, making like his skill set through the roof. So mm. he's third for me in number two, Cesc Fabregas. Now, I was very close to putting this guy first, but Alexis Sanchez just edged it, just edged it. Only because, and I'm not putting the blame on Cesc Fabregas for this, but it's facts. We didn't win a trophy with him here. I mean, I feel, I mean, does he count with the Invincibles? I don't know when he initially broke through. I don't think he he, he was in the squad, but but he he didn't didn't make an appearance. Yeah, so it's like, when he was our guy, we didn't win anything under him, as I said. Mm -hmm. Not putting the blame on him, but that's what edged Alexis over him. But again, Fabregas was elite as well. You know, big boots to fill. Um, because obviously we didn't have to sell Vieira when we sold him. Obviously, he, there was loads of rumors in his last two seasons. He eventually left, but like we could have prolonged him for a bit longer. Like he left to go to Inter Milan and still won the Champions League there, still carried on playing. So we didn't have to, but we said, All right, we're cool with letting Vieira go. We've got Fabregas coming in. Youngster. How old was he? Like 18? When he yeah. was, like, made our like, starting midfielder. Mm. Captain and, uh, like 21, I think. Yeah. So, big pressure for such a young guy. And took it with ease. Was mo- the standout in most of, uh, most of our games. As you said, in about two seasons later... When he was 20 or 21, can't remember. Um, he was made Arsenal captain. Uh, to be a captain at such a young age speaks volumes about this guy. When you had some big names on our side at the time, um, still was the main guy. And then, obviously, he was not only was he a great midfielder, but um, the guy added goals and assists to his game as well. Notably, goals as well. Like, I believe, if I'm wrong, I might be wrong. Was it your top, your top scorer for one of the seasons? Yeah, I think it was 2009. Uh, 9, 10. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think he got like 19 or something. Exactly. In all like, competitions. Yeah. This guy had it all. Everything you wanted in the midfielder. Um, and it was unfortunate he left. But, you know, things happen. We managed to replace him. We managed to move on. But it would have been nice because when he went to Barcelona, didn't really do much there. I'll give it to him that Guardiola didn't use him right. He pretty much played him everywhere. So I played him on the wing, striker. Yeah. Cam, it's difficult set. when you got, you know, Xavi, Iniesta, Busquets and stuff. And Messi. Exactly. Like, ahead of exactly. you. Like, it was hard for him to make his position his own. So that's probably where he got flown everywhere. But um, yeah, during his time at the Emirates, uh, he was a top tier player, done everything we needed for him. And it's just unfortunate that he couldn't have a trophy or something to his name in his Arsenal career. But yeah, he's number two, he's number two. So number one is Alexis Sanchez. Now, obviously it did end on bitter, not, um, bitter, <laughs> bitter feelings. You know, going to Manchester United, I'll keep my opinions to myself because you got to remain unbiased on the Footballist podcast. But if you're in a group chat, you know the vibes. But yeah, yeah. I don't, I didn't really get it. Really, it's like cool. If you're gonna leave, if you was to go to a Man City who was strongly linked at the time, then cool. I'm, I'm so cool that you know they're about to win the title. They were about to win the League Cup. You know, they were still in the Champions League, still in the FA Cup. Like, this was a serious team. If you want to go into that and you believe that you can take them to that next level further, then cool. Mm. But bro went to bro went to United. Like, as I said, I'm going to keep myself, my opinion to myself, but <laughs> I, I, I will never understand that. The only ex- explanation was the Muller was talking to him, bro. Yeah. That money, that paycheck was just like, could not reject that. So yeah, what was it, four hundred and thirty k a week or something? Crazy, yeah. That's I swear that's not even including his like excess um income stuff like yeah, sponsorships and stuff. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, um, all he did was but, play the piano pretty much. Bro, that was his only great performance. <laughs> so, um, Alexis during Arsenal, elite baller man. I keep using that word. That's my word now elite that's what I used to describe <laughs> the the top of the top the top echelon ballers um yeah bro we, he was getting goals when we needed them when it came to our away days in particular this was the guy we'd call to um he had something that I kind of criticised him for for being a bit over the top but um mm. like or like throwing gloves and shit like that. exactly like oh yeah it's his passion it's something yeah. that I did criticise him for because it's like if we're losing bro we don't need you throwing your gloves on the floor like we get it you're passionate but like it doesn't help the cause one bit but um I do like his passion on one sense that um what do you call it he wants to win he's hungry the guy's determined he will do anything you need he will run the extra mm. mile um and I respected that about him I respected that about him. And yeah, cup final goals in uh, 2014-15 cup final against Aston Villa. Again, yeah, one of the greatest ever cup final goals in history. Yeah, oh, question marks on that from given though. Potentially. Potentially, but that's one goal because I had this debate with my cousin because when it happened, um, mm. we were debating which goal was better, like um, that goal or a Ray Parler goal because oh, that's yeah. just what we're debating. Um, so I looked over the Alexis Sanchez goal in particular and I know it looks bad on Givens' behalf I know it looks bad but there's a knuckle there's you know what a knuckleball is yeah 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 so during in the middle of that shot it makes the craziest movement yeah like, that's true I I can't even fault Given for that like that, that's what I'm saying it's one of the greatest ever goals because it's like that's just magic man. yeah so um and obviously it clipped off the bar like it was just the perfect goal. Um and then obviously he scored in the Chelsea Chelsea Cup final where we won two one. Not the yeah. most aesthetically pleasing in comparison to that goal. Yeah, but probably should have been a goal's a goal. Probably should have been yeah, disallowed. Should, definitely should have been ruled re- 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 yeah. out. Like I'm not even gonna um argue that one. We got away with that. But you know, mm. it happened. We move, you can't do anything about it. Mm. What went to a deserve to win years the game later. anyway. Yeah. Exactly. 
I mean, I swear we hit the post in the end as well. Yeah, Ozil hit Ozil. the post. Yeah, you should have scored. Yeah. But pretty sure Welbeck hit the post as well with a header. Mm. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, not really too much to say about him because you kind of said what you needed to say about him. 30 goals in the season from... All right, he played striker for the first half of that season. Yeah. Towards the latter stages, nobody really mentions this, but he actually got put out wide again. Mm. Um, so in that 16, 17 season, like towards like the last third, should I say, he started playing out wide again. So still have those kind of numbers, insane. Um, and um, yeah, that's my top three: Cazorla, Fabregas, and Alexis Sanchez. Now, me personally, I don't know if you want to do this as well. I want to give a special shout out to two players. Obviously, Kashani, but you've already mentioned him, so. I don't, Shout out to Kashani as always. Mm. Um, but a shout out to Mezu Ozil. Yeah. Now, a player who in the last two seasons, I'd say he's truly like fallen off from what is his normal level. Um, but up until then, I feel like he was a bit of an unappreciated un- player, underappreciated player, shall I say. Yeah. Um, some of the stuff he's done, like um, obviously he came in in 13, 14, played a very key role in our first FA Cup because um, he played pretty much every game, I believe. Everton, Tottenham, Wigan, Liverpool, and the final Liverpool as well. Yeah. So mm. that as well, again, played another key role in the FA Cup. The next season was incredible in that 15, 16 season. Was unfortunate not to break the record. Um, but you know, it is what it is. That's a separate discussion. And you know what? That's huh. a nice way for me to plug uh, Alfie, yeah. Alfie piece in the link in the description. Um, <laughs> the how, how how should I best describe it? The myth of fifteen sixteen regarding Giroud and his little draw. Yeah, yeah. Cheers. Be sure to check that out. You guys will find out a couple stuff which will open your eyes a bit. Because um, mm. you know, everyone likes to run with that same agenda. Um, that jury went on his drought. Go and let, go and have a little read, and you'll see he did have his, he did fall off, but it wasn't solely him. But that's exactly. a little plug there. If you wanna if you wanna delve in deeper, link in the description. Give it a read. But um, yeah. And the next season after that, sixteen seventeen. Now, statistically, it was actually a better season goals wise. I believe that was the season mm. he hit double digits. I think that um, was mainly because I think it was because Sanchez was playing down the middle, so he was dropping deeper, and then he was making runs spot beyond him. So exactly, I, got I was goals. about to say, like yeah. sixteen, seventeen, Alexis was amazing that season, mm. no debating that. But something I've always said, especially in that season in particular, Urs was a lot. Urs uh, was behind a lot of Alexis' success that season. Yeah, hundred percent. I don't feel like Alexis would have been as successful that season if it wasn't for Ozil. And I feel like that, again, doesn't really get enough credit. Um, mm. But obviously, um, in the next season after that, he was, he was decent. Um, right before um, the whole contract stuff began, that's when he started upping his performances. Like We started seeing the 15-16 Ozil from about, uh, let's say, mid-November time to obviously when he signed the contract. He's putting in mm. crazy performances to United. Obviously, we lost that game three um, one, but yeah, that was all, but that, along with a couple other players, incredible. That I don't know how we didn't win that game, bro. Yeah, if you look at the the xG for that, it was like four Please, point something to us. Yeah, to that like one point something to them, and ju- I'm pretty sure De Gea made record number of saves in that game. Twelve, it's ridiculous. Twelve, eleven, yeah. like. Exactly. And it's not like they just won it by one over three one. Like I don't know how right. that game ended, how it did, but you know, credit to them. But we were amazing that game. Um, uh, he was good against Everton. I remember his game against Liverpool. Um, and obviously mm. the couple CSK lower... Moscow at home. I remember. Yeah, it was amazing. So, um, yeah, and obviously since the contract is kind of gone downhill, he did have his little injury issues, Emery issues. But um I just want to give a shout out to us at least because I feel like Junius Emirates era, he's gone very underappreciated. But he's done he's got his he has a very solid Arsenal career. If 
was to give it a yeah. rating, say 7.5, maybe could push to an 8 if you can give me a, a good enough reason. Um, but um, yeah, so shout out to Ozil. And I want to give a little shout out to Giroud, a yeah. player who I've always said is underappreciated. I feel like it was unfortunate that he came right after Van Persie. Van Persie was without doubt the best striker in the world at the time, courted by Chelsea, no, not Chelsea, um, Man City, Man United obviously went there, Juventus, Barcelona, every team in Europe wanted him. Uh, obviously he left and the next guy coming in, huge boots to feel like, you got to replace this guy. We got what, 30 plus goals from this guy. Um, he was our captain, he was our main guy. RVP, he was the guy carrying us like, you need to replace him or get close to those sort of levels. Um, obviously, Giroud done bits at Montpellier. I think he got like 24 goals. So there was hope that he could actually do the job, you know, physically kind of fit the bill, tall, strong. Um, he, he looked like a great and Percy replacement. But um, I feel like we didn't really um, take in the type of player he was when he first came. He's not really a Van Persie type of player. Mm. He's more of a target man, you know, a guy to hold up the ball. I feel like, I, I've always said this about Giroud, during his Arsenal time, during his Chelsea time, during his game for France. The guy is one of the best hold, he has one of the best hold up players in mm. Europe, in the world probably. The guy is very strong, holds out really well. His link up play is very, very elite. If you look at so many of the goals, I can just go back to the Norwich goal. Oh, yeah. The, if you look Sunderland. about the... Similar. Sunderland. Yeah, Rosicki. Uh The Podolski... Um, do you remember the Podolski goal against Montpellier? Oh, yeah, the, the volley. It was it was his flick that made that happen. Exactly. Uh, those are just some to name off the top of my head. Um, There's loads more as well. As, yeah, his link-up play, his hold-up play was elite. His header in, it was a bit elite. Mm. You know, so many headed goals from this guy. Obviously, the only one I can remember to the top of my head right now was the 4-3-1 against Leicester in the opening mm. game of the 17-18 season. There was a great one against so thought, uh, West Brom. I think it was 16-17, where it was like behind him oh, yeah. and he managed to loop it over Foster. Wasn't that the one that we won in the last minute or like yeah. last five minutes? Yeah, it was like yeah, 18 yeah, minute or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, his goal record as well, isn't obviously isn't Van Persie level, not even Alexis Sanchez level, but it's solid. For, it's solid for what we classify as a target man. I say yeah. he's essentially doing a very similar role to what a Firmino does, what a Lacazette currently does. But um, Jew was never really given that excuse that he has to do the dirty link up um, play um, to kind of sacrifice his goal record for. And he still always ended up with, I don't know, like definitely ended up plus. with over 15 goals. Yeah. yeah. In all competitions, there was many times he hit 20. Like, his goal record wasn't too bad. Um, yeah. So, I feel like overall, Giroud was just a very underrated player by Arsenal fans. Made the scapegoat all the time. As I said, you could check out his article um, down below. Yeah. That whole myth about him going on a drought. As I said, like, his drought, he did go on a drought. Um, mm. He did fall off towards that um, latter stage of the season. Kind of did overperform in the first half of that season, which kind of emphasised his drought in the second mm. half. Oh, Levelled out. Exactly. Mm. Um, I just feel like overall, underrated player during Emirates era. And, you know, just shout out to, shout out to you. If you've got any shout outs you want to yeah. give. Uh, well, Obviously, they couldn't make your top three, but a, a little mention here and there. Yeah, well, I think Van Persie, in in a sense, is is worth. Oh yeah, shouting out. Shit, how did we forget? Yeah, it's, I mean, well, it's because probably we hate him. But <laughs> I don't. Even, I wouldn't really even say that. It's because I hate him. Because it's like because he did cross my mind. Obviously, when I was thinking about it before I called you. Mm. Um, great. He had a very great last season. Like his last season was incredible. Yeah, and the, the end to that, of the season before that was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. But um, prior to that, he was always a a potential player. Someone we talk about where, yeah, he's got the ability to become this, become that. But we're just Too waiting many for injuries it. Obviously, well. it was unfortunate. 
yeah, he had many, many injuries. Um, some could criticize Wenger. Not there was many times where he was played out wide a couple times, mm-hmm. um, which kind of may have stunted his progress. But I feel like overall, if you look at it as a whole, <clears throat> like uh, yes, he had a he had a amazing last season, but on a whole, I don't know because you look at on a whole, someone like Adi Bayo done more. Someone like a Walcott might have done more. Someone like a... Um, yeah, I think Walcott. I don't know, I don't know about Adi Bayor. I think he was kind of similar. Because yeah. he had one I great like, well, season and then the rest of it yeah. was sort of like, meh. Like he, he had well, a great season had like and then two... he had not that great a season and then he left. So, I don't know. Yeah, that last season was a bit meh. Mm. He had two... I'd say he had two great seasons. Like from 2006 to 2008... Those were two solid seasons for me. Mm. Then the last season was, man, but I feel like, I, I can't remember, but the last season he still managed to cough up some solid numbers, but yeah, I it, think was it was still like a mess season. or something, which is decent, but yeah. it wasn't like 30, like, which he got before. Yeah. Mm. And his performances weren't that great either, but he would, he would always chip him with a goal. Mm. But um, yeah, Van Persie, uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's good that you give him a mention though, but yeah, I don't think he'd make my top five maybe he wouldn't have made my top five Arsenal players generally so fair enough considering we didn't even win a trophy under him as well yeah well I was going to say uh, Walcott as well I think the fact that he yeah. scored 100 goals from out wide is often overlooked you know he had like two or three seasons where he got 19 plus from out wide that's amazing and obviously longevity like if we're talking mm. about effect over the whole Emirates period it was sort of him Ramsey as well Koscielny those sort of three and uh, sort of a, another shout out Montreal as well so underrated extremely consistent yeah, three yeah, or four yeah. years where he was you know Aspilicueta level consistent mm, mm, very underrated very underrated mm. um, yeah with Walcott it's like it's on, that, that whole injury was so unfortunate Carl. that season because I didn't really believe he could make that role his own. Obviously, when it's played down the middle, made a big deal about it, rejected Liverpool. Like mm. there was a lot of stuff going on around him, but he was banging in the goals. He was like making it his own, and obviously, um, he done bits that season. And you're thinking, can we carry the next season? He done. He's got it off to a good start, and obviously, during January was the game against Spurs. That injury mm. just kind of, kind of ruined his career. I wouldn't say ruined, but. He was never the same since then. Mm. Um, I remember he came back and he was like, I don't know if this is an effect of it or anything, but the guy was offside all the fucking time, man. <laughs> yeah, Every that's true. Minute, this guy, we try to play it through, offside, offside, offside. Mm. It's pissing me off. To be fair, but, um, that's a, that probably, that was a little pet peeve. That was, that was the main like element to his game, was playing right, right on the shoulder, like right on the edge of the defensive line. And then, getting those mm. balls to the right hand side and hitting it across the goal across the keeper yeah. to his far post that was sort of the main strength in his game so obviously a lot of times yeah, he was going to be offside but there were, there were also a lot of times where he would just about be on and he was either score or play across the box or something yeah, it was it was very unreal like I don't yeah, mean to compare yeah. them but it was like they would kind of make that kind of wide turn but right before they run or the curved run should I say as yeah, they yeah. tried to stay on the side and then um, the finesse shot he was quite notable for those like Henri was like Aubameyang uh, yeah. is doing right now but um, and then even in his last season it doesn't really get talked about enough but did he not get like 20 something goals I think it was yeah last full season because he left in January season after last full season oh yeah 16-17 I'm talking about yeah yeah I think he got 19 all competitions so yeah, pretty that, good yeah, that was mad. That does not get talked about that much, but that's mm. crazy considering like his kind of perception at the time. Exactly, was and he was, was playing out player. wide. Yeah, he was. He was literally a winger. Like he didn't play one game down the middle. Mm. There was a um, bit. There was a brief spell. I think it was start of fifteen sixteen, and also in twelve thirteen where he played down the middle, but it wasn't never consistent. Oh basis. no, I was talking about sixteen seventeen. Like in that sixteen oh, right, seventeen yeah, season. Yeah. Didn't play yeah, exactly. down the middle once and he still got those numbers. Um, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, underrated player, so good mention now. Uh, who else can we mention? And shout out to Nazri. He's a player nah. that more I like. 
I like I enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching him. Like the guy was a baller, but obviously he left on bitter terms. Um that that yeah. season before, he was doing the madness, but mm. his his career yeah, was that, like those two shorts. goals at home to Fulham. They were like yeah. they were beautiful. Yeah. Where he walked past like five players. Yeah. With with ease, with ease. But yeah. um yeah, we'll round off that topic. That, those are our top three, if you disagree. Be sure to mm. let us know. Tell us your top three, you know, the vibes. And we'll move on to the kind of general discussion topic. Now, uh, we'll start off with... Should we start off with a banger? Actually, no. We'll, yeah, start, sure. off with we'll start off with the Urza one because me personally, I don't have too much to say on it. Um, but mm. I will say my little piece on it. We'll get that one out of the way. Then we'll move on to Aubameyang. So... What are your mm. kind of thoughts on the whole Urzu not really taking a pay cut or not taking a pay cut within like certain reasons, should we say? Mm. And uh, well, it, yeah, take yeah. What are, you, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, this is another topic that I wrote an article about. I think the media attacked it. I don't know if you saw the Pierce Morgan thing. Obviously, he had something to say about it. Yeah, um, I saw that. Yeah, it's just like. I understand that obviously he's on unbelievable wages, so he should he should realistically be helped. It's not like a twelve point five percent pay cut. I worked it out; he's still on three hundred six k a week, so it's not like he mm. can't live with that. Having said that, we don't. It's a much more complex situation than we know. If you look at if you look at the details more, uh, I think David Ornstein said he wanted complete insurance assurances that the money was going to go to you know, low-income staff who aren't getting money at the moment because obviously the club can't afford it because they're not getting their normal income. So in that sense, I think he should be donating, but you have to, you have to I mean, taking a pay cut, but you have to look at all the donations he makes. It's unfair to jump to conclusions and just completely, like, abuse him for, for something you don't really know the full situation about. And the fact that he's, he's clearly, he's, he's got a social conscience, conscience like he's not, He's not an evil human being. It's pretty clear by the, all the charity, charitable donations and charitable things he's done. So, mm. yeah, I think the the criticism is is over the top. But I think I think if he if I, I'd be surprised if he didn't eventually take some sort of pay cut. Yeah, yeah. No, my personal take on that. You kind of said everything I was gonna say, mm. but um, like. Do you feel like the media have gone overboard with him? But it's got yeah, to definitely. a point where it's not really a surprise. Like I'm, mm. I see stuff like that, and I'm not too surprised anymore. Like, yeah, particularly like this the tabloid is, shit. Exactly. Like, I don't really want to just sound like I'm sucking off Urs or anything, but like, huh. I do feel like Urs was like one of those certain players where, when it comes to stuff, people like stuff that's happened in general. People will just blow it out of the water and go yeah, over like Pogba. Pogba, as you said, mm. um, there's a couple other players who can be put into that bill. And it's like, I'm seeing some of the shit and I'm seeing like, all right, cool. You have this energy for this report, which for all we know might not even be true because it wasn't actually confirmed at the time when it all got leaked out because it was a leak. Exactly. Um, but you, everyone's ran with it with full, complete energy. I just wonder where is this energy for the countless, countless? Like it's not just a bit of charity work. You could argue he is the most charitable baller out and mm. out right now. Mm. The guy we does don't, so much we don't charity know, work. We don't know about behind the scenes stuff. Like people might be doing loads, but in terms of like what we yeah. can see, yeah, yeah, yeah. From what's there. He's probably the most charitable. If not, he's it, it. Regardless if he's the most or not, he is a very, very charitable footballer. Most mm. of his stuff goes towards um, um, charities. Um, I read something that like he pays like a bit more on his taxes. Does he not? Can you confirm that? I don't know. I, I, don't know. I saw I, that, but he plays. He pays like insane amounts of tax every year. He's on the paye thing. So okay, I think it's something like it's over two million a year in taxes to that. To the and government. correct me if I'm wrong. Do the taxes not go towards the NHS? Well, some, not all yeah, of them. Go, not all of them. Some of it. Some yeah, of they'll it go does. to the government, and then they'll obviously um, 
put it towards their budget and some of that money will go to the NHS. Well, a lot of it will. So, yeah. So, hand in hand, he's still massively helping out with... Obviously, I don't expect this part to be put up in that argument because obviously mm. taxes is something that you have to pay. But, yeah, um, exactly. Like, him taking a pay cut isn't affecting too much the NHS, if you know what I mean. It's more affecting Arsenal. And I'm yeah, thinking it's, it's like the stewards when you've in got, the club and stuff like that. Yeah, when you've got a billionaire owner, you kind of expect him to do a bit more. Mm. I don't know if I'm like the blame's all on, and it's not. This isn't. This is kind of veering away from just Özil and more to the everyone else. Obviously, if we have to take a pay cut, we have to take a pay cut. But like, we have a billionaire owner. Why are we in this situation? We're not in a situation, but it's like, why is it? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. These are just thoughts that have always been on my mind. And I guess we're on a podcast, so I'm just running away with it. But like, that's kind of my kind of take on it. I just feel like when it comes... And then another thing with the whole uh, situation is three players apparently said no to taking the pay cut or the wage referral, was it? Deferral? Yeah, deferral. Deferral. Um... But we're only hearing about Ozil. I get, I get. He's the highest paid player. Mm. But sh- people are talking about the principle of the actions, not the like that the fact that he's got on like loads of money. They're mm. talking about the principle of the action. So why are we not finding out who the other two players are? Mm. Well, I think I someone know. someone must have leaked it, and they just haven't leaked the others. And if I was Ozil, I'd be fuming at whoever leaked it. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. But um, I really got too much to say on that one. I just feel like maybe they could chill out on him. But then again, it's not. They're not really. It sells papers, and mm. they got what they wanted. It worked because we're all talking. We're, we're here, Richie, now talking about Özil. Exactly. Papers yeah. are selling with Özil on the back, um, back page, online, so they can see that as a success. But um, yeah, those are our thoughts on the the whole Ozil not taking a pay cut. And that's where, correct me if I'm wrong, but he's not saying he's not going to take a pay cut because I believe, if I read right, he wants to take more of a pay cut. It's, he wants to know where the money's going, mm. whether he needs to actually take it. Like, he wants to, he wants more of an explanation to where his money's going. When yeah. you consider it's his money, surely he's within his right to do that. Exactly. I think the full quote was something like, He's waiting to see the full impact of COVID-19, which is sort of fair enough. Exactly. Mm. It's like, uh, anyway, anyway, uh, I ain't really got too much to say on that. I, I don't want to go too much into the media, but they're Fair just play. up to their usual antics, overdoing, <laughs> overgoing overboard and shit like that. Mm. But um, we'll move on to Aubameyang, 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 Aubameyang. Now, there's been leaks today that he's been, or... It's not strong links. Like, it's not an Arsenal fans should be too worried about. Chelsea fans should be too excited about. But Aubameyang, Chelsea are interested in signing Aubameyang. You know, it's just interest. Mm. Um, something that they could go through with when everything's back to normal. But um, as it stands, it's just interest. Obviously, there's been a lot of Real Madrid talk. Um, that is, if in case no one knew, that is kind of his dream club, if I'm right. Mm. Um, his dad he always told his dad he was going to play for Real Madrid one day so there's always been that kind of thing lingering mm. yeah he is actually there's part Spanish as well if you didn't know is it? yeah I think he's like I think his his grandma was Spanish so I think he's like quarter Spanish or something like that that's mad I did not even know that mm. so he's part Spanish part French part Gabonese and part Gabonese yeah that's why he can speak Spanish as well fluently Interesting, mm. interesting. Um, so there's been a Real Madrid talk. There's been a lot of Inter Milan talk as well. Obviously, Lautaro Martinez linked with Barcelona, mm. so he could be their somewhat replacement. Conte seems to be a big fan of him. Apparently, what are your kind of thoughts on him? Would you sell him? Because uh, we can, we can still. I say he's, you know, considering he's still banging in the goals. He doesn't look that much slower. Like obviously, 
he was very very quick back then but he's still got a very he's still very quick right now as we speak mm. maybe a, a little slower but by a, a little bit but nothing noticeable he's still blistering like his pace is one of the best um mm. and then um he's still banging in the goals golden boot winner last season his first full season even in that second half of the season did he not get like the most goals at the end of the 17-18 season since he joined in January. Yeah, I think um, so. In the press. This season, yeah. Th- this season, I don't think he's top... Is he top scorer right now? He's, he's not, second, he's yeah. Two. To Vardy. Yeah, he's like... Yeah, one or two off his head, is it? Yeah, I think it's two. Because Vardy got those two oh. in the last game before everything shut down. Okay, so... Pretty evident. He's still quick. He's still got his game about him. You know, dribbling everything you need from him, mm. as well as still banging in the goals, assists. Like I say, we could still cough up possibly fifty million for him. Mm. Like I don't feel like that would be too much of a stretch, considering the modern market, considering what type of player he is. You know, whatever your thoughts on Abamian, if even if like a rival fan or anything, he gets you goals. He's a striker. He gets you goals. Mm. Like, that's one thing guaranteed with this guy. So, I don't know. What are your thoughts now? As I said, we could cough up 50 mil for him, which you may be, I don't know. Talk. Give me your thoughts, bro. I definitely wouldn't sell to Chelsea if possible. 100% not. Or just to any rival for, for that matter. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, if we were to get 50 million from, you know, any foreign club I find it difficult to reject obviously is it's that or losing for free in the following summer 50 million yeah. particularly with like the situation and you know how, how much of a financial hit all the clubs are going to take from this 50 million would be like amazing to us considering it's that or zero uh, in the following summer yeah. if it was less than that you've got a way up would you rather have 40 million on the bank or another season of 30 goals from Aubameyang I'd probably mm, keep him. But mm. yeah, if it's 50 million, I'd have to accept it. Maybe if we could get some sort of swap deal in with Jovic from Real Madrid. I know a lot of people don't rate him. Personally, I actually think he's pretty good. Um, so you're saying anything 50 million or above you take? If it's anything under 50 million, you'd kind of say no. Yeah, Unless probably. there's a, a swap deal involved. Yeah, unless prices drop massively because of because of the situation which I think is possible and you know he, he might only mm. be like thir- worth like 30 million in this summer because I, th- I actually think that probably will happen like you're seeing links from with Sancho to like United for like 100 million particularly if the season the Premier League season isn't completed I just can't see a club spending 100 million this season because they're, they're going to be so hit financially and it's going to impact the, the league a lot so it depends depends on depends on the situation but yeah, if it's like normal market situations, I, I probably would take 50 million above. Yeah, yeah. It's hard because it's something I've never actually had an answer to. Like, mm. I've always thought, hmm, like, we could get some solid money for this guy. But it's like, where are we going to get our goals from? Now, you brought up Luka Jovic. Mm. He's a player where, last season, I rated him. Like, I thought... Because obviously there was loads of talk. Um, I done my research on him. He he didn't really have the best at time at Benfica. Mm. Got loaned out to Frankfurt, um, and then he got loaned out. A se- well, not a second time, but the loan got extended at Frankfurt, and then they placed a um, what do you call it? Uh, option to buy for mm. only seven million pounds. So it's like it was pretty evident he didn't have the greatest times in the initial like start of his career. Um, and for them to slap that on kind of so says that like you know we can get something from you and we're not too fussed if we lose you um or if we do don't so mm. and obviously last season was the season he started banging them in what was it like insane numbers what over 30 goals yeah i think you got right. 31 in all competitions yeah granted one of the games did have five goals in it but still it's huh a very solid record in the season um, overall. So I was thinking mm, maybe this guy might kick on. Obviously, Frankfurt have gotten himself a bargain like from what looked like a bit of a flop signing, mm. only £7 million. 
now they've got him and they could make profit. They did make profit and sold into Madrid. And it's been a bit of a slow start for him. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt that he's still young, only 22. Mm. Um, lots of competition in his role, being an attacker. Um, lots of pressure just in general to play for Real Madrid, whether you're young or not. So there's benefit of doubts towards him on that on that regard. But it would be, in my opinion, it would be a risk. If we're letting someone like Aubameyang, guaranteed goals, experience, now our captain gives the feel-good vibes in the dressing room, I feel like it would be somewhat of a risk to replace him with Jovic and, I don't know, an extra 20 mil or 10 or whatever the deal is. Um, but that's just my personal opinion. So I'm thinking, all right, cool, Jovic, if we just exclude that, who else can you replace Aubameyang with? Like, let, yeah, but, mm. like, let's say Aubameyang goes... Who can we actually replace him with? And I'm thinking, there's there's names, mm. but it's like whether they're realistic, whether Arsenal have enough of initiative to actually fork out for them is another discussion. Maybe we could do a build for the future kind of thing. There's loads of youth prospects like Jonathan David, the Canadian from Genk. Mm. So I hit my mic. Um, use the other one, Moadi from AZ, if I'm right. Yeah, yeah. Um, Who's the other one? We Edward. could, we could, and from yeah, him as well. Yeah, we, Musa Dembele. We could, yeah. This would be a risk. No, not a risk. Sorry, controversial. Mm. Possibly go back in for Daniel Malin. Yeah, like, yeah, if we can get him for a solid fee. I don't know. He obviously had a big injury last this season, mm. but last season towards the start of, was it last season? Definitely the start of this season. He was banging them in. Yeah, yeah. I think it was last season. Yeah, yeah. So both both last season and the start of the season, banging them in, couldn't stop scoring, got call ups in um Netherlands team, uh, national team. I believe he's only 21, 22. Mm. Could go for him. But like the options right now, there isn't no standout options we can get right now. Like boom. Um Obamian goes. All right, we're gonna buy this striker. He's in his prime, he's got the experience, he gets you goals. There's no standout. Mm candidates for I don't think there's a so player like, we could even if there were I don't know if we'd be able to attract them or afford them realistically exactly yeah. and even if we could as I said Arsenal we probably ain't the most initiate we haven't got the best initiate when it comes to being ahead of the game exactly. so um, I don't want to I don't want this to sound like I'm just like I don't know like overrating him or anything but Aubameyang strikes me as irreplaceable mm. If he's irreplaceable, then quite frankly, for me personally, I don't mind letting him go for free after three years. Mm. Or if we can agree on that new contract, then and he stays here for another three more seasons, then he starts to age and it all kicks in and he starts to fall off. Mm. I'm cool with that, you know, because he's irreplaceable. It's like if we let him go, we can't replace him. Like Alexis left, it hurt. You know, he was key to us or the season before. Obviously, in the season he left, he was a bit mid. But overall, he was a key player to us. Yeah. But he was replaceable. There was many other goal-scoring wingers. There was many other wingers in general. Like, Aubameyang, I don't really feel like we can replace him. So, mm. me personally, I'm more down for keeping him. But obviously, if we have... I don't know, because I don't want to sell him to bring in a party, for example... Don't get it twisted. Party is an elite midfielder, elite defensive midfielder, what he does. Mm. But if we were to do that specific deal where we sell Aubameyang to bring in Party, we're getting rid of one issue only to then bring on another issue at the exact same level. Yeah. So, and I'd argue if we were to do that and, you know, get Party in and um, find a replacement striker, Finding a replacement striker would be a harder task than getting a party deal across the line or a player of party's calibre or a defensive midfielder or a central midfielder who can fill that base kind of role. Mm. I feel like that would be an easier task than finding an Aubameyang replacement. So, I don't know about you. I don't know about everyone else watching, but me personally, I would prefer to just keep Aubameyang. I guess. If it means he goes for free, then cool. Yeah. I would say you may not be able to replace him directly with like another striker who's going to score goals, but you could replace him with, let's say, one or two. A future candidate. Yeah, either a future candidate he can develop and is young and will get better. 
and you may have to you know yeah. may wit you may have to sacrifice a few goals in the short term but in the long term you may get a player who can do similar things and you've obviously got like Enketia, Martinelli and stuff or or there you is could, you know sign yeah, a, a goal scoring winger maybe two maybe yeah. a goal scoring midfielder to sort of cover the goals and you're improving other areas as well so yeah you may not be able to replace them directly but I'd say there may be other sort of routes you can go down if you know what I mean yeah no that's that's a great point you made mm. I was going to touch on that like we do have Lacazette at our disposal mm. he is a Firmino type player whether people like to you know people like to make the, the jokes about you know Lacazette being average and everything mm. if we're going down to nitty gritty stuff he's still a top baller he's still a very similar player to Firmino yeah now Firmino is a a false nine someone who plays a bit deeper helps him with the link up play and he has, as you said, two goal scoring wings around him. Mm. Possibly, as we, we like, we don't have to fork out anywhere. We do have Lacazette right there at our disposal. Possibly, we could go down that route of getting a goal scoring winger mm. um, on each side, or probably just one side because we got Pepe. So mm. we'll see what happens with him. Hopefully, he can add more goals to his game um, and re- really get kicking off. Probably mm. as a uh, replacement, probably he, contribute goals as well. Oh yeah, definitely. That that should be happening. Some because as I said, whatever thoughts we have on Urzel, like his time is done now. Mm. I'd say like um, it's time to move him on. So when is his contract end? I think I it's one more year. Does it end at the end of next year? Yeah, twenty twenty one. Oh, okay. So we should be looking to bring someone in. Um, and then there is like a couple candidates for that position. Obviously. Someone who would ideally be a perfect replacement. If we're trying to get goals and assists as well as a good playmaker, mm. a Kai Havertz would probably be the perfect guy. Yeah, yeah. I'd say. But, because um, obviously, we need the goals as well if we're going to let Aubameyang go as well. Mm. But, um, notable mentions to uh, Jack Grealish. Wendia. Uh, Hassan Wah. Mm. Wendia, she said. Someone who gone under the radar but I try I try to give him as much credit as I could in the last yeah podcast. I heard that <laughs> um, being one of the most underrated players in the Premier yeah. League he would definitely add to the creative numbers I mean one, one thing I would say if, if we were to let Aubameyang go we need goals from everywhere out wide Cam and everything mm. when Deal would might, might need to add some goals to his game yeah definitely I don't know I haven't checked it properly does he not have one goal this season yeah or something like that like goals wise maybe you could add a bit more but everything else he's clear mm. creative assists like he's, he's still like third in the assist charts as well yeah like and uh in the premier league chances created and xa per 90 he's like second and or third dribble, yeah and yeah dribbling so it doesn't have like the most dribbling dribbles in one game tired of eden hazard or something. probably yeah wouldn't surprise something crazy me. like that I think he had three point something, um, three point five dribbles per ninety, which is like up yeah, there crazy. was like the best in the league. Mm. Yeah, this guy's this guy's he's gonna he will get his credit one day. I, I have no doubt because he's he's just that type mm. of player where um, you just need him to move to a bigger club. Yeah, no way he can go then, back into the championship. Even like at Everton. Yeah, yeah, hundred. Like as I said, he wouldn't he wouldn't have to just move to an Arsenal, Liverpool. Chelsea, Tottenham, Chuck him out, Everton, and people will then start to notice him because that's a side he would definitely stand out mm. with. But um, shit, we kind of went, kind of <laughs> veered off. But um, shit, we we probably yeah. veered off. We, yeah, there is the <laughs> option that we could replace him with goals from midfield outwards and play a false nine. Mm. But um, I don't know. Me personally, I wouldn't sell Obamian just because. He he's a he's a replacement, like and again I don't want it to sound like I'm overdoing it, but if we go down to the the nitty gritty down and stuff like you can't replace mm. him. He's technically speaking irreplaceable. Yeah, but um, yeah, those are our thoughts. Now we're gonna go on to the third section. The interesting section, which I've done no research on. I like to think you haven't because you don't know what's Definitely coming not. Um So this is the section where we do a would you rather. I got my, my people 
from our amazing footballers community as always to send in their best would you rather's and they sent me some good ones they sent me some good Looking ones forward to this so yeah i mean i haven't actually picked one they've i've got um, all the lists here mm. so last one last week we done the would you rather with ronaldo and messi yeah okay this is a good one this is a good one shout out to majusta nation again He's coming with a bang, would you rather? Um, would you rather win the league with 30 points or bottle the league with 99 points? Win the league with what? 30 points? Yeah, so you win the league, but it's 30 points out of 38 that games. Possible. Or you... I, that's what I'm I don't actually think that's yeah. possible. Because let's just say 33, right. 34... It's still a very low amount. Actually, fuck it. We'll say 38. Right. 38. Just Basically, just 30 lowest games. record amount. Yeah, sure. Yeah. You win the league on 38 games. I know, 38 points in 38 yeah. games. Or you bottle the league, I don't know, finish third, second, on 99 points. Uh, I'd definitely rather win the league. It's a good question. Personally. Um, I know... I know you're saying like you, you probably won't see that great a season. You'll see probably low quality football. You're not winning that many games, and somehow you scrape the league. But you've won the league, and in the other one you haven't. So yeah, that's that's for me. That's definitely rather win the league with with 38 yeah, points, yeah, yeah. or whatever. Oh, it's a hard one, mm. you know, because to win the league. On 38 points, obviously, will never ever happen because it, it's just, it will never I'd happen. say like 60 obviously, points. For the purpose of this possible. question. But that would still be like record yeah. low total for a tight winning team. Yeah. Like, yeah, for the purpose of this question, we will run with that. But it's mm. like, that is an incredible, that's a proper low amount. Like, when, when we're talking about, uh, you need to get, when, when, when it comes to like the relegation size, when they're just, they come into the season they say right we're going to aim for 38 points 40 points and then we'll know we're mm. safe we'll know we're seeing Premier League football next season that number to be on a, a champion I don't I don't know to be honest because it's hard it's hard because you look at Liverpool are a prime example of this like if we were to actually put this in a real life example mm. United's treble winning side only had 79 points really like no one really talks about that, but that's a very low amount, mm. in my opinion. I don't know. Probably is one of the lowest because you look at I don't know. Our, we've never won a league um, in the seventies points. Mm. Leicester won theirs on eighty-one. Obviously, Man City's are doing hundreds, nineties. Liverpool ain't won it. Chelsea, like I feel like that is probably the lowest ever. I might be wrong. What uh, seventy-nine? But what yeah, I can maybe. confirm, I think Leicester was yeah, they, yeah. What, you they, say eighty-one? Yeah, eighty-one. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So, Leicester, United, their trouble winning side definitely finished on 79 points. Then you got Liverpool last season who finished on 97. Mm-hmm. That's a real life example for this question. Yeah. Well, if, if you look at it, who's going to be remembered? I don't know. That Liverpool team that didn't win the league or that treble winning team, even if they hadn't won the treble, they won the league. They're like, no one's going to necessarily remember oh, yeah, yeah. In a, it was a low season. Did you, the trouble winning with like in the real life example, I'll definitely take the trouble because it's fucking mm. hell. They won it. Well, I mean, love the Liverpool team did win the Champions League, but they won the Champions League, the FA Cup, and mm. the league. Like, yeah. But um, in this example, the thirty-eight points. I don't know. I don't know because obviously, as you said, who will be the team that will be remembered? The team who won the league or who mm. didn't? But if I was looking on football point of view, I would probably remember the ninety-nine point team more it's just the 38 points team will always have the bragging rights that yeah alright that's nice and all that you got 99 points but we would have exactly. actually won the trophy I don't know if this is just me being an Arsenal fan we've we've kind of become used to this having amazing seasons but never actually end yeah, up with yeah. silverware so I don't know if I'm just used to it now so I'm somewhat using that as an, as an excuse to explain mm. it but I'm pretty sure 38 mm. points I mean, you. There would have to be like some unbelievable amount of draws for that to actually happen. 
like pretty much every game yeah. would be a draw and then maybe you get a couple wins and win it so that if you look at it like that yeah. that would be kind of dead but at least you win the league You know what, yeah, unpopular opinion, I'd probably rather the 99. Because you'd have to be playing some incredible football. You'd have to be doing like, incredible stuff. Like, your players would have to be top tier, like, proper bossing it. And, it, uh, I don't know, for you to still lose the league on 99 points, that is just... It is, enough. but you don't get anything and, for it. Yeah. Uh, you're right, you're right. You're right, because obviously we look, you look to the history records, and it's like, mm. yeah, that season was good, and maybe I am able to appreciate it as it happened, but as time goes on, ten years, twenty years, you start to look and you think, yeah, maybe, maybe they should have just won a trophy. It's hard for me to appreciate it fifty years. Yeah, it's true. Line. Like that's the thing with that the Liverpool side. It's like. Last season, I can very I, I appreciate them a lot. Like they done bits, and they were very unlucky to lose a season, lose a title that season. Mm. But chances are, give it twenty more years, and if they still ain't won the league, I'll just look back on that and think to myself, like, all right, cool, that season was nice and all, but you ain't exactly. still ain't won it. You didn't win it. Like the the value of winning a trophy will always hold appreciation, whether it's 10, 20, 30 exactly. years. Yeah, I agree. So. You know what? Uh, Alright, cool. We'll, we'll, we'll run with the. Oh fuck it! Alright, let's put it this way: they could finish. They could bottle the. They could bottle the title on ninety nine points, and then they could. They... Now, but where, that's all if buts mm. maybe's. When you've won the league on thirty eight points, like you've won it. Exactly. There's no ifs. Mm. There's no buts. Yeah. Alright. You know what? You know. I'll rather win the league on what we're we gonna say thirty eight yeah. points. If it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Low, win the league on the lowest possible. amount. Where, however it's mathematically yeah. possible, yeah. And you're going to say that as well. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, that was an interesting question. I wouldn't say it was as hard as the one mm. last week, but still a very solid question from Magista Nation. Shout out to yourself one more time. Um, But yeah, we've we, we come to the end of the podcast been nice have you Alfie the time's just flown by yeah it has taken my laptop it would have been what one hour ten minutes yeah madness yeah it was great that that flew back yeah yeah great podcast once again um as I said to the people at the beginning of the podcast if you would like to check out Alfie's stuff his Instagram page his podcast that he's got running up on Spotify if I'm right yeah yeah Spotify iTunes all that yeah yeah, I will give it a listen later. He did interview Charlie Gilmore. Mm. Correct me if I'm wrong. Does he not play for Norwich right now? Yeah, he does. He he went on loan this season to uh, Telstar in uh, Holland. But yeah, he's on Norwich as oh, well. Man. So yeah, I didn't even know that. Yeah, interesting. So I'll I'll give that one a little listen later. Cheers. Um, and yeah, it's been nice having you, Alfie. Been a great nice. guest on the Footballist Podcast episode two. Pleasure. It's been your boy Jay, it's been Alfie. Yeah. And we are out. I'll catch you guys. I, 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 I love Chris Rich.